great if an Indiana team won prior to the Colts game Sunday, but rest assured, the Colts are going to beat the Jaguars this Sunday afternoon in Jacksonville. That is going to happen, and I'm going to give you a lot of reasons why in just a moment. This is Inside Indiana Sports Now with Kent Sterling. It's Thursday, January 6th, 2022. We're brought to you by the great people of today's dentistry. Dr. Mike O'Neill, a compassionate artist, scientist of a dentist. You're going to love going to him. I wouldn't stump for him if that weren't the case. Give him a call. 317-849-2933 is the number. All right, let's talk about the Colts. But first, subscribe and ring the bell so you get a notification every time we go live. We'll go live again tonight immediately after the Indiana-Ohio State game. And please, dear God, let the Hoosiers win. So some team from Indiana wins something before we get to Sunday. Here's why the Colts are going to win on Sunday afternoon. And it all boils down to this. The Jacksonville Jaguars suck in virtually every way. Robinson can run the ball a little bit. Other than that, they suck. Miles Jack, he didn't practice again today. O'Shaughnessy, the tight end, he didn't practice again today. Those are two of the better players on the worst team in the NFL. If they can't go Sunday, there are two additional reasons that the Colts are going to stomp hell out of the Jaguars. For the Colts, Andrew Sandejo, who is kind of looking like he was going to come off the uh, uh, pro- concussion protocol, he's on the COVID list. So what are you going to do? Uh, Andrew Sandejo, I'm guessing, you know, you never know. I don't think he's going to be able to play on Sunday. I think the window is just too tight, but we don't know things. Uh, always, especially when it comes to COVID. Think of last week and what we thought we knew last week and really didn't. Thank you, Justin. I appreciate that. Uh, Paris Campbell, is he going to be back or not? We do not know at this time whether he's going to be on the active roster or not. The Colts, they, a couple of weeks ago, kind of they're practicing him back. And so uh, they've got three weeks to bring him off IR or choose not to. We don't know what's going to happen for this week. DeForest Buckner, Xavier Rhodes, those guys didn't practice today. You can expect that DeForest Buckner is going to practice tomorrow, and he's going to be on the field on Sunday as the Colts take on the Jaguars. All right, the Jaguars, this daily double is no good. No bueno, and it explains everything about why they are 2-14. and 14. The Jaguars are last in the NFL in turnovers. They have turned the ball over more than any other team, 29 times. They are also last in the NFL in turning other teams over with seven. They have recovered defensively one fumble. One! That's it. This is a team that from a turnover perspective is easily the worst. I don't know that there has ever been another team in the NFL that has ranked last in both of those areas, turnovers and turnovers forced. However, this team does. The the Colts, conversely, rank number one in turnover differential. They are plus 16. The turnover differential for the Jags, minus 22. Do you need more? Yes, I think that you do. The Jaguars 
are riding an eight-game losing streak, and they have been outscored during that streak 237-95. to How about this? Trevor Lawrence, rookie quarterback, number one overall pick, the guy, right, that they're going to build around, and he might wind up being that guy before it's all said and done, but right now he's not. Evidence of that? Uh, intended average yards, eight, uh, or uh, air yards, right? Intended air yards per pass attempt, eight. Yak per completion, 4.6. Average yards per attempt, six. Jacoby Brissett, to give you an idea, to give you a comp, Jacoby Brissett's average yards per attempt, 6.6 back in 2019, and that was not enough. Frank Reich said, okay, we're all done with this guy. Let's go get Phillip Rivers. We cannot average 6.6 yards per attempt and function as an offense. Trevor Lawrence, like I said, is at six. Jacoby Brissett, his uh, air yards per pass attempt, intended air yards, 7.9. So right at Lawrence's level. And then Yak per completion, he was at 5.5. So he got the ball out, got it to people in space where they could run it. Carson Wentz, really not altogether too much better than Trevor Lawrence, except in average yards per attempt. There he is at 6.9, but that's still not high enough. Phillip Rivers last year was 7.7. That is where Frank Reich wants his offense to be, at 7.7. Carson Wentz has fallen short there. Uh, Intended air yards, he's at 7.5 yards per pass attempt, and Yak, 5.2. And Yak is a measure of two different things, yards after catch. Um, One is the dynamism of the people that the quarterback is throwing to. The other thing is, does the quarterback get the ball out to the receiver when the receiver has the space to catch it, turn, and run with it? Those are the two things. In those areas, Carson Wentz, not good. Trevor Lawrence, even worse. So there's a reason that the Colts are going to whoop ass this Sunday against the Jaguars. Today, by the way, is Daryl Bevel's 52nd birthday. How about that? Um, he is. Uh, this is his second tour in two years as an interim head coach. Last year, the Lions fired Matt Patricia in the middle of the season, with a few games left, kind of as the Jaguars did this year. Daryl Bevel took over with the Lions, went 1-4 and four in the five games that the Lions had remaining. In Jacksonville this year, he took over with four games left. In the three games that have been played, he's 0-3. It's a guy who's 1-7 as an interim coach. You would not expect that an interim coach is going to be able to win a lot of games because you got a team that got a head coach fired basically. So, but that's, today's Daryl Bevel's birthday. God bless. Have a nice day. Enjoy some cake, maybe a frosty libation, Daryl, and then get ready, ready for your final game as the head coach of the Jacksonville Jaguars, which is going to be a loss. Um, that's basically, I mean, what, what more do you need to know about these two teams? How about this? Uh, the Jaguars are 25th against the run, and 16th against the pass. 25th against the run. Turn Jonathan Taylor loose. Will you please, Frank Reich, for God's sake, stop being the mad scientist who's got to find balance. Just do what you do great and do it till they stop it. 
And I don't think they're going to be able to stop it because if they could stop it, they wouldn't be 2-14. and 14. So don't complicate winning. You know what? At Indiana University, in the locker room, I don't know whether it's still there, but painted on the wall, there it was. Don't complicate winning. That was Bob Knight's thing. Do not complicate winning, Frank Reich. Speaking of Indiana basketball, we've got a game tonight, right? By the way, uh, the Colts are 15.5-point favorites. They are 10-6 and six against the spread. The Jaguars are 4-12 and 12 against the spread. What does this tell you? I don't know. If you're an investor, it speaks to you. And, and you would say, yeah, the Colts, they look pretty good. Anyway, Hoosiers, three-and-a-half-point favorites tonight against Ohio State. That game's 7 o'clock on Fox Sports 1. Of course, we'll have an instant post game, the second that Indiana hopefully dispatches with the 13th-ranked Buckeyes. Trace Jackson Davis, he's going to have to play great. He's going to have to outplay E.J. Liddell. If he doesn't outplay E.J. Liddell... Ohio State's going to win. The best players on the teams playing each other in the Big Ten. This is just like comparing quarterbacks in the National Football League. If you've got the best quarterback, you're going to win a lot of games. If you have the best player on the floor, you're going to win a lot of games in the Big Ten. Trace Jackson Davis has to be the best player tonight. He's ranked number 10, according to Ken Palm, among all players. E.J. Liddell, ranked number one. Stewart and Cop, they got to go shot hunting. They got to find those shots and they got to knock those shots down. They do that if Indiana shoots competently from beyond the arc and Trace Jackson Davis forces through his play double teams down low. Indiana's got a great shot tonight. Uh, Ohio State's coming off an overtime win against Nebraska. Ohio State was trailing in this game by five with under 40 seconds left. You had a three by Branham and then two foul shots by Liddell. That tied it up. It went to overtime and bing, bang, bong. Ohio State wins by eight. Uh, Indiana is, uh, in terms of three-point field goal percentage, they're ranked 58th, which is a surprise to me. All I see are the misses, right? You just see misses. I, I would have guessed, looking ahead to this game, that Indiana hadn't hit a three-pointer all season long because I don't see those. Those are like, oh, he, he made it, all right. And whoop, I delete the file. When guys miss, <laughs> it's like interceptions. It's like Carson Wentz throwing picks, right? I remember the interceptions. The incompletions, I have no cognition of, none. The completions, maybe I remember a few. The T.Y. Hilton pass this past week against the Raiders, I remember. But generally, I remember the bad stuff. Losses, incompletions, missed shots. Indiana, they've missed shots, but not as many as I would have thought. 36.1% they've made from beyond the arc, but Ohio State is number 10 in college basketball. They have made 39.7% of their threes. Indiana right now, according to Ken Palm, will finish the season 19 and 11 and 10 and 10 in the Big Ten, and that puts some smack on the bubble, baby. I don't want to be on the bubble. Indiana's got to win this game, and then they got to beat Minnesota. And then you you gotta you gotta start stacking wins a little bit here. You got Michigan coming up. Michigan hadn't played well recently. You got a game against Purdue at Simon Scott Assembly Hall. Need some impressive wins, some resume building wins for the Hoosiers. Let's go. Indiana football, they got a new quarterback today, 
a commitment, a transfer out of Missouri by way of Dayton. Went to high school in Dayton, Ohio. Played three years of college football at Missouri. He's got three years of eligibility left. He redshirted his freshman year. He has started the last two years. His name is Connor Bazelak. Connor Bazelak, if you watch his tape, and if you saw Missouri play SEC games this year, by the way, Missouri was 3-5 and five in the SEC this year, so not too bad given that Indiana was 0-9, right? You got to think that Bazelak is somebody who's going to be an upgrade at the quarterback position. He is as calm. He is the quietest feet you have ever seen in the pocket. Goes back just stands there like this and looks, bing. Strong arm, presence in the pocket, quiet in the pocket. I like him. I'm glad Indiana has got him. At any rate, he's thrown for 5,058 yards, 23 touchdowns, 17 interceptions, a completion percentage of 66.3. Really, really quiet feet. Do yourself a favor. Watch some highlights of Connor Bazelak. And, and look at his feet. He just stands there and delivers the ball. There is, like, you see, you know, Manning was like this. You got guys, some guys bounce and deliver. This guy stands almost flat-footed like he's just working out in the backyard. I found him hilarious. I hope he is hilarious and productive for the Hoosiers in 2022. I want to talk about media for a minute because Aaron Rodgers went off on Habarkish. And I know Hubarkish a little bit. I worked uh, not with Hubarkish, but I was an intern at WGN Radio back 30 years ago. And Hubarkish, uh, working for Pro Football Weekly, which was his baby, along with Wayne Larravee, they did things in the WGN studios. So I got to know Hub a little bit. Aaron Rodgers called him a bum. And... Uh, in my experience, Hub is a really, really good guy who does nothing more than try to understand football. He does a lot of work for the score in Chicago, the sports talk radio station of merit in Chicago. And so uh, I, my experiences with Hub have been 100% positive. He said uh, about Aaron Rodgers, he's the biggest jerk in the league and a bad guy. This is what you say in Chicago about Aaron Rodgers. Aaron Rodgers takes offense because Aaron Rodgers takes offense to everything. And that's fine. Good for Aaron Rodgers. You can do that kind of thing when you're the best at something. And he is, and he calls Hub a bum, and he said that he had no idea who Hub was, and nobody else did uh, either until yesterday. That's not true. A lot of people know who Hub is. Aaron Rodgers knows exactly who Hub Arkish is. He just says that kind of stuff because Hub's from Chicago. Aaron Rodgers hates Chicago. He hates the Bears. That's the way the Bears-Packers rivalry rolls. That and then Hub apologized and said that he, he behaved poorly in, in calling out Aaron Rodgers and saying what he said. And he said it in the context of he wasn't going to vote for him for NFL MVP. He's one of 50 guys with a vote. Hub wasn't going to vote for him. And uh, Aaron Rodgers, took, and, and it had nothing to do with play on the field. It was about the kind of person that Aaron Rodgers is. Can't be a bad person and the most valuable player. All right, you know what? Get Everybody get over yourself and move the hell along, will you? Later on tonight, instant post game after Indiana dances on top of Chris Holtman's head. Let's go Hoosiers. 
And uh, then tomorrow morning, Breakfast with Ken, a very special Friday edition. I cannot wait to join you tomorrow morning, bright and early. We're going early again. We're back to work. So we're going early, right at 7 o'clock. We start these things, for God's sake. Let's go. Go Hoosiers. Go Colts. Go Pacers. Go Bulldogs.